Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am your host, Joshi. I am on the way to Save Against Fear, which is a convention in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, put on by the Badhana Group. And the Badhana Group does role-play game therapy. That's the easiest way to describe it. They work with um, different groups of people and utilize role-playing games as an element of their therapeutic practice. I think it's fantastic. It's something that if you're not familiar with the Badhana Group, I would recommend going out and checking them out because they are amazing. But I, on the way up there, was like, hey, I'm going to record an episode of the podcast. I think that's a great idea. I apologize that the quality of these episodes is not great. I have uh, a mic that I got today that I was like, this will be fantastic. And it's just as bad as if I'm recording directly to my phone. So we're going to roll with it. If you have any concerns or questions or you're like, Josh, stop doing these Galliard Rants episodes, I will keep that in mind. Um, I will seriously do what I can to make these quality as quality as they can be considering. So today I want to talk about fetishes and not the different sexual activities that some people are involved in, not those kinds of fetishes, but in this case, we are talking about the magical items of the Geru Nation, because really, that's what a fetish or a clave or a talon, that is what they are. They are the magical items of the werewolf the apocalypse world. And I don't say that derogatorily. I think that's uh, just a fair description of the space that they fit in a game uh, for players. In-world, they have a very different reason. Um, In-world, and I'll talk about this as a good way to start, in-world, the Garu, the werewolves, have these relationships with different spirits, right? And at times, they take these relationships with spirits and they ask the spirits to live within a physical object and to empower that object to give them some of their power. So the spirit is given something and the werewolf gets uh, a gift in return, effectively. Even though it may not be uh, a gift per se, they are getting some sort of power or ability in exchange for um, feeding the spirit. They are, one, to activate a fetish, you have to use this point of gnosis in most cases. So what happens with that point of gnosis is you're effectively feeding the spirit that lives in the object that you are empowering. And that spirit then will turn on whatever its power is for you to utilize. And these are really deeply spiritual items. They are reflective of a lot of uh, human ritual practices where one appeases the spirit of a, of a region or an object in an animistic sort of way and you are given some sort of thing in return. Uh, for example, in old English medical magical tradition, you had to implore the spirits of uh, mugwort or of any other plants that were used to help you in your healing. You had to do that because the spirits were alive, the plants were alive, they had uh, an animating spirit, they had magical power, but that could only be done if you give them a gift in return, if you are showing them that you appreciate them, 
which builds, there's lots of layers there into that sort of culture, but it's a fairly similar cultural practice, and I hate doing this, but there are lots of human practices dealing with the spirits of the world that are fairly similar, where a spirit worker of one form or another has to make a deal with the spirit, and they gain something in return. And often that's for magical, ma uh, medical or magical purposes. Whichever reason there is behind it, you are effectively gaining a benefit through the relationship that you are building with that spirit. So that is a major element in Werewolf the Apocalypse, and it's a major element because of the spiritual essences, the spiritual ideas, that, the spiritual themes that are essential to werewolves. So it's in culture, in the world, the game world, a very good reason for these objects to exist. From a game running perspective, D&D, &D, Dungeons and Dragons, and the role playing games that came out before the World of Darkness had magical items in them. And of course, as I've already said, magical items are things that have existed in human cultures and human stories, um, Excalibur, the um, Holy Grail, I, I guess I'm on an Arthurian kick, but those are magical artifacts that existed in uh, a mythological, historical point of view in our human world. So it's not out of sync with the world of darkness for these things to exist. On top of that, though, players love Role-playing game players love getting a tool or an item or a thing that allows them to be more effective at whatever it is that they're doing. They love it. And I think that's totally fair that they love it because they should love it. If that's something that they are excited about, um, it gets them engaged in the game, it becomes like an element of their character, and then if you take it away from them, you can really like make them emotional and feel a sense of loss, and you can do lots of things with that. I think um, if you listen to uh, one of the more recent episodes of Honor Roll Podcast, they talk about utilizing the theft of items as a good replacement for any other sorts of assaults that you would do that are probably a bad decision as a storyteller, but taking away an object that means a lot to a player uh, or to their character, I should say, and to some degree the player, is a good way of getting the same sort of emotions and reactions without any sort of the negative elements um, that other forms of assault or theft could have on them. So there are lots of reasons to include fetishes and talons and clays in a Werewolf the Apocalypse game. I always give a group at least one fetish to start with. If they don't have a clave or another object or something like that, <coughs> I will make sure that they get one because I think it is it's an essential element of the storytelling atmosphere of Werewolf the Apocalypse to have this spirit-bound object or this object-bound with a spirit and what sort of things it gives and provides to the group. And there are those three layers, and I've mentioned them. I'm going to tell, talk about them individually. The first are um, general fetishes. And general fetishes are objects that can do pretty much anything. Whatever it is that you want it to do mechanically, you can build a fetish for. Um, the more it does, the more expensive it is to purchase with ex uh, experience points, 
generally you buy it with background points, so that gets into a weird space where you shouldn't be spending experience points on backgrounds, um, so you can give players uh, a fetish in-game without them having to spend points, or maybe you do want them to spend points. There's lots of back and forth on that. But if you're a starting player, you have to spend background points on a fetish to have a fetish. And there are one, two, three, four, and five-point fetishes, obviously. Uh, and the higher the point value, the more investment you make, the stronger um, thing that it can do. A level three fetish usually has a gift that it will provide, so you get an extra gift through the investment, which is a pretty cheap investment to get a gift. But the, the thing is, you can lose the fetish. It can be taken away from you. So there are lots of ways to kind of balance that out mechanically. Um, a a five-level fetish is a legendary fetish usually. Uh, if you are a cub and you have this, people are going to be like, why the heck does this cub have a really uh, important and legendary fetish that's weird? Um, so there are some social implications that will happen with this. With um, a one- to three-point level fetish, usually it does something simple. It gives you an extra point or two in a specific ability, or you can call on it on a specific time and get extra willpower or extra rage, or you can do lots of other things with it. There are lots of um, opportunities for actions that you can take with a fetish, lots of things that you can build into it. So I think... I think they're great. I definitely recommend using fetishes. Um, and then there's another form of a fetish called a talon. And a talon is a one-use fetish. So, for example, uh, and this is a terrible example, but you could uh, create something similar to Goodberry in Dungeons & Dragons, where you have a pouch full of berries that heal one, point, uh, one health level of damage, perhaps an aggravated health level of damage, whatever, it heals one health level of damage, and making these requires the same sort of investment of gnosis and time and energy as a fetish, but once you've uh, eaten the berry or once you've used the talon and broken it, it goes away. So they're a little cheaper. They're usually uh, a little bit more powerful for one use. <coughs> so a one-point talon uh, is going to give you potentially like a two or three point ability boost for a short period of time. Uh, it might give you an attribute boost for a short period of time. There are talons that have specific gifts or um, effects that they do. Perhaps there's a ward against uh, vampires or something like that that can be built into a talon, but it would work for a short period of time, and once it's used, it's gone. So I think those are both very cool. Fetishes, talons, the one-use items versus the long-use items, great idea, love them. The last uh, type of fetish is a clave. And the clave is a weapon that is imbued with a spirit. Now, if it is a true clave, if it is a grand clave or a regular clave, then it is imbued <coughs> not just with a spirit, but it is built of silver to some degree. And this is really important. If you, uh, you cannot make a clave without silver in the weapon. You, uh, if you make a weapon that doesn't have silver imbued in it, it's just a fetish, quote unquote, just a fetish, and it doesn't have the same effects that a clave does. A clave, because it has silver in it, permanently reduces while the character is holding it, 
the uh, gnosis that they are allowed to have. You are effectively sacrificing a point or two of gnosis of use forever while you have the clave on you and you're using it so that you have this really powerful weapon. And this powerful weapon um, allows you to do aggravated damage against other werewolves or other creatures or anything and everything. That is the advantage of a clave is that it does aggravated damage and it may have other abilities. It usually has other abilities, which you spend a point of gnosis still and then you activate it and you get the gift or the ability or whatever it is that the clave provides you. So I love all three of these things. I think they're all super awesome. There's some feedback right now. I hope that's not coming through on the recording, but if it is, I apologize. The idea of uh, a fetish and a clave and a talon, I think they're really important storytelling tools. The biggest problem can be that your players will get super attached to them. They will always use the clave. They'll even use it when it's really inappropriate to use it, or they'll uh, want to use their fetish all the time. And again, like, if you're in a moot using a fetish or a clave, that's not, that's not the time to use it. Set it down. Do something else. Uh, use your... Um, you know, use your other abilities. But once you give players an item, they want to utilize that item as often as possible. And this is true of gifts and other things. All of these elements sort of kind of, yeah, they become crutches for players at times. So you want to be careful. You want to give players the opportunity to use their fetishes and use their claves and use their talents, but you don't want them to rely only on them. <laughs> so... For me, a great story hook with any of these is giving it to a player, letting them start to rely on it, and then three or four games in, having it stolen or having it break. And then they have to go on the quest to save the thing that they've lost or uh, to fix the thing that they've lost, and that ties into you know Lord of the Rings and some of the Arthurian legends and all of those sorts of layers. If they get attached to them, stealing it, and then putting them on a quest to retrieve it is a good idea. I think that is a good story. It's a bit of a trope, but I think you can do it, and if done well, it's a really engaging story. The next trope that I think also a good story is the quest to recover an item. So there are several umbral realms where fetishes might go or still be present or like a mirror reflection of a fetish or a great uh, clave may uh, still exist. For example, the Legendary Realm or um, Pangea or um, the Battlefield, these places might have a representation of these items that is, a, in effect, that actual item. And you can send your werewolves on a quest to retrieve that item, whatever it happens to be. And that is a great story. That, like, is in itself could and should be a story. Um, it could be an entire chronicle. But I actually like the idea of getting them to get the item about halfway through the story. Great, they feel excited. They got the thing that they wanted. But then they have to figure out how to use it. And then they have to figure out how to get back. And that's when you start putting extra challenges in front of them where you're like, 
yes, you found this thing, but the challenge isn't actually finding it. The challenge is figuring out how to use it, how to activate it, how to speak with it, how to beseech it, and you're now a target. You are now Frodo with the ring headed to Mount Doom, and everything is after you. The ring wraiths know you exist. They're going to get you. Other things are out there. They know you uh, have the thing that they want, and they are going to do everything they can to get it and kill you, which I think all of that is great story. Those are the things that I would lean in on. The next layer that I would add for a story or the next thing, story idea that I would uh, perhaps put out there is the redemption of an item. And this is great if a, uh, a black spiral dancer or another servant of the worm has had a artifact, has a, had a legendary weapon or fetish for a very, very long time. And the spirit within that item has been corrupted. And the players, I think, again, early on, get the item. They get the weapon, they get the fetish, but they have to find a way to redeem it. They have to find a way to cleanse the spirit. They have to find a way to uh, turn the artifact back to the good of the nation because every time they activate it otherwise, it causes a negative effect. It's effectively a cursed weapon. But instead of it, it always being cursed, they have to fix it and put it back on uh, the straight and narrow, as it were. So that's my Galliard rant about fetishes. Like I said, I'm on my way to Save Against Fear. If you are in the area of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, come out. I'm going to be running Monarchies of Mao. I would love to meet people. I'll be talking to folks. I'll be doing, I might be doing a couple of interviews. I'll be doing at least one recording that I'm aware of. So it'll be fun. Um, if you have any questions for me, you can contact me via Facebook or um, sending an email at podcast at uh, Sorry, it's josh at podcastwerewolf.com. You can send me an email. I'm happy to talk to you. So have a wonderful day. Oh, and we have a Patreon. So if you want to become a patron, you can do so. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to the Werewolf the Apocalypse um, Discord channel, as well as you can get access to all of the other options that we have as a Patreon backer. Um, for example, we have a, lever, a layer, uh, a level, I guess, where you can become a member of our World, uh, World of Rage uh, Discord game, which is a persistent Discord game uh, using the Werewolf 20th Anniversary Rules. So I invite you to come and join and be a patron. And if you have um, any interest in that, let us know. Have a wonderful day, everyone.